Welcome back to Taboo. We had some technical difficulties, so we had to uh, stop our live cast. Uh, hopefully, we've got everything sorted out and are able to go forth now. Today, we are paying tribute to the notorious RBG, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who the world lost yesterday to pancreatic cancer at the age of 87. Everybody, well, I assume everybody, at least everybody I know, uh, knows that Ginsburg was only the second woman on the U.S. Supreme Court. She was appointed in 93 uh, when she was nominated by President Bill Clinton. She had gained a reputation for fiery dissents, particularly um, the one that she read from the bench in the sex discrimination case, Ledbetter versus Goodyear Tires. Uh, the court ruled five to four in favor of Goodyear. It was, actually, I'm sorry, uh, not sex, just, well, it was an equal pay case. And, uh, the court ruled five to four in favor of Goodyear. Ginsburg was not happy, to say the least. And she said that she had been compelled to dissent from the bench because it was an egregious error. Uh, I, I strongly recommend that if you have not ever, if you have not, hey, Donnie's son, welcome. If you haven't uh, had the opportunity to listen to her talk, go to Google, type in RBG, pull up some videos of her. The lady, uh, it, just fabulous lady, she really knew how to, to convey her message. Um, she she didn't back down, you know. She really had that fighting spirit. Maybe that's because she was from Brooklyn. Uh, she was born in 1933, which, God, you know, she, I knew she was 87, but 33. If you didn't know anything about her, where would you start? Man, Google. Um, look at Wikipedia. There's, there's, uh, and it's already been updated. It's it's amazing how a free site. It's updated so fast with with information, but Wikipedia has a has a decent article on her. Um, but don't, don't just read about it, man. Go watch her videos. You've got to listen to the lady speak. It's one thing to read about her, to know who she was and what she did, but to hear her talk, it takes you to another place. Um, she wholeheartedly, she was a champion for for women's rights. Um, before it was popular, you know, she, one thing that I wonder if how it influenced her, uh, her, her parents were Jewish immigrants. Her father was from the Ukraine, and I think that her mother was from Austria, if I'm not mistaken. And they were in New York, and the mother died right before she graduated from high school. And I cannot help but wonder how that influenced her going forward. Uh, she was she was actually their second kid. She had an older sister, but the sister died when uh, she was a baby. And so you just get the feeling that, um, and this is my speculation, I don't really know, I haven't read anything to this effect, but that growing up as Jewish immigrants in New York, in that uh, time uh, when, you know, the world was in such a crazy place, that that all those things obviously shaped who she, who she was. Uh, she graduated, went on to undergraduate 
to get her bachelor's degree at Cornell. And then she got accepted to, to Harvard Law. And I saw a clip of her um, last night, this morning. Uh, there were 500 people in her class when they entered Harvard, and nine of them were women. Uh, she did not stay. She didn't graduate from Harvard Law. She ended up transferring over to Columbia uh, and finished law school there. She tied for first place in her class. After she got her law degree, she did not actually practice right away. Uh, she was she taught at she taught law school at Rutgers and at Columbia, um, and that that was how she paid the bills. She married her husband. His name was Martin, I believe, and they had a couple kids. Um, but while she was teaching, uh, becoming a housewife, having children, and all, uh, she also worked as a volunteer for the ACLU. And she she was a, a volunteer lawyer for them for a while. She actually served on their board of directors, and she became their general counsel for a time. In 1971, uh, while she was working for the ACLU, she helped launch their women's rights projects. And she also worked on getting the Equal Rights Amendment passed, which uh, I should point out is still not law. It is 2020. The year that um, just frankly sucks, um, and we still do not have an equal rights amendment. Um, okay, so just telling you a little, you know, just giving you some background. I, I want to invite anybody that would like to call in, um, you know, to to talk about her, to how she impacted you. I know a, a good friend of mine who is in law school right now. Uh, we were texting last night right after the news broke, and she was distraught. That was, was uh, RBG was one of the reasons that, that she wanted to go into law to begin with. And um, it, she, she just influenced so many women, period, uh, but particularly women who had an interest in the law in, I think it was 1960. She actually was denied a clerkship. She had applied to, to be a clerk for, I think it was a district judge. And the judge, he didn't just deny her the job. She said in an interview, uh, that back then, because there were, there was no law against it, she said, I just told you, you know, we, we don't want women lawyers. And so obviously that fueled her fire to go out and, and make a change. Um, she won. She actually argued six gender discrimination cases before the Supreme Court, uh, and she won five of them. So this lady, uh, she, she wasn't just smart. She wasn't just book smart. She was a hell of an attorney. Uh, in 1980, uh, who would have been president then? That would have been. Mm. Wow, that makes me feel so stupid that I, I'm having to stop and think about this. Was that Carter in 1980 that appointed her to her first uh, position on the U.S. Court of? Oh yeah, okay, 1980. I had to Google it real quick just to make sure. Yeah, that was Carter. He appointed her to the Court of Appeals for the for District of Columbia. And she stayed in that one job until she got 
nominated to the Supreme Court by Clinton in 93. And she was the second woman on the Supreme Court. Of course, Sandra Day O'Connor was first. But she had um, personality, maybe, that O'Connor lacked. Um, you know, it's always hard to be first, and I think that O'Connor probably, uh, while she was awesome and great, and, and, you know, yay for being the first woman, there was something about Ginsburg that just really reached out and touched people. She was not scared to uh, not just dissent, not to share her, not to share her opinion, but I mean, she got righteous with it. Um, she wrote the majority opinion in the 96 case, U.S. v. Virginia, that forced the Virginia Military Institute to admit women. Um, and she got in the habit of not just dissenting, uh, but her dissents were would rake you over the coals and she had no problem in you know telling you from the bench exactly what she thought which kind of led to um, the coining of the nickname the notorious rbg which was a nod to the rapper the notorious big because they both came from brooklyn anyway i digress um so really cool fact in 2002, she was admitted to the National Women's Hall of Fame. She was a big deal already, but in 2007, she became an icon. She read her descent in Ledbetter v. Goodyear Tires from the bench. She was fired up. She got, um, yeah, she, she basically, she let them have it. Um, so, she she has become sort of a pop culture phenomenon. You can see her on T-shirts and coffee mugs. And um, I actually know a friend of mine who bought her daughter a descent collar because RBG had this, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, uh, this particular collar that she would wear on top of her robe anytime that she was going to give a descent and so that's kind of become a thing and a friend of mine bought one for her daughter and they took pictures in it so that was pretty cool i may have to order me one of those um anyway so you cannot be a pop icon pop culture icon without having a movie made about you there is a documentary rbg and a feature film called On the Basis of Sex, and you better believe that Netflix has both of those available for streaming right now. Um, one of the things, though, that I think is important to remember about her is that despite being the poster child for women's rights and a model for liberal activists across the country, she um, believed that, and, and this is actually a quote from her, you can disagree without being disagreeable. And I uh, find particular relevance in that because I usually disagree with most of my family uh, about politics and things. Um, and But that doesn't mean that you can't get along with people who disagree with you. And she... Talk the talk, but she also walked the walk, and that's evidenced by her really close friendship with 
the guy who was her polar opposite on the Supreme Court, Justice Scalia. Um, she they they had a they shared a strong bond um, and mutual respect and an enduring friendship. Um, they bonded over their love of opera. And another cool fact, they were actually fictionalized in an opera. Um, there was a guy a few years ago who wrote an opera and based characters in his opera on, on the two justices. So she, you know, she was five foot one and still yet a giant among us all. She will be missed. Her contributions were legendary. They are I, I'm just going to take a, mi- a minute, a moment of silence for her to recognize all the things that she did for us, for women, for to advance the causes. May I rest in peace, RBG. We don't have any callers. So I, you know, I'm just going to wrap this up. I hope that everybody is safe and have a great day.